what's your suggestion or advice on something that a caregiver should really never do if at all possible they should avoid it? Well, besides being kind of aggressive with them or, or show anger or um, argue with them. Okay. That's a, big, that's, yeah. that's a really big one there. That's, it's hard not to argue with somebody when you're trying to get them to do something. And especially if they say something to you that you know is not right. You just want to be right. right. So you... But you, they don't, you're never going to be right. <laughs> you're never, you're never you, going to make somebody understand. You can't be right with somebody with Alzheimer's. Parenting Up, Caregiving Adventures with Comedian Jay Smiles is the intense journey of unexpectedly being fully responsible for the well-being of my mama. For almost a decade, I've been chipping away at the unknown, advocating for her, and pushing Alzheimer's awareness on anyone and anything with a heartbeat. Caregiver newbies, OGs, village members trying to just prop up a caregiver, you are in the right place. Hi, this is Zedek. I hope you enjoy my daughter's podcast. Is that okay? Today's episode, Zeddy Whisperer Part 2. Tell me a few things that are very challenging about being a caregiver. For me, I think it's, and I guess it depends on um, on who you, what the person's situation is with being a caregiver. The, the number one, it's not necessarily the work, it's how much you, if you can get the other person to do, to work with you, or if you can get them to um understand what you need from them, which, of course, you know, if it's, a, if it's a situation like Alzheimer's or dementia, then that's the hard part right there. And to be able to have the pace that you're going to need and empathy, all that comes with it and compassion of what they're going through. Unless it's something really physical, the work is not that hard. But it's, emotion- know, it's emotionally it's and emotionally intellectually yes. draining. Most emotionally, intellectually, uh, patience, and all of that. And, and believe me, your patience can be drained, but you have to keep it. And it has to be, uh, you can't change your patience with that other person being there and become aggressive and making them feel, I don't know, I guess making them feel bad because you, because they're not understanding what you need. I've seen that happen and I've actually seen people with Alzheimer's and people make them cry. And I don't know if they know why they're crying, but I know that they, uh, they feel bad because the other person is yelling at them or snatching something from them or just showing a lot of impatience and then they really don't know what to do they not they don't understand what you're asking them yeah that's that's heavy that's heavy and, and that's, that's hard yeah. and it's true yeah and it's yes it's, it's true and i've seen it happen and i've seen it happen even with you know my relatives i had a few relatives that had all time this and so that's the hardest part is um when you get involved emotionally i think right Oof. And you have, and and another thing too, even when you become emotionally involved with them, because God knows, I don't mean, as as uh, long as I worked for with George for a long time, and I really really cared about him, I'm very emotionally involved with Betty, way more than I have would ever have been. And to out look much much to my benefit, I must say. <laughs> yes, you have to uh, you have to keep it at a level 
even with your emotions that, okay, this is what I need to do and get it back to the fact that I have to do this, you know, to make sure that they're safe and that and that their, their well-being is taken care of because your emotions can take over and sometimes it can go into, it can put you in another place, even though that's not what your intentions were. Right. Your intentions were to stay professional, but if you get so emotional that you lose all of that, then you both are gone. <laughs> That's right. That's right. The other person can't help you. And you, because you know, I mean, and I know that you can become so emotional so you can just get to a point where you just want to sit down, hold the other person's hand and say, okay, we, we, we've had it. We don't, I don't know what to do. I can't help. And that's not going to help anybody. You got to keep your head all the time. That's amazing. That's, it's amazing that you're able to do that. Even when you're emotional, you have to calm yourself down. Take care of yourself. Figure out a way. If you need to get therapy, go to therapy. Whatever it is, because that's a hard. That's very hard. Yeah, therapy, support groups. There, there are support lots. Groups. There are support groups yeah. on social media. There are support groups at church, and a lot of those resources are, you know, come without a cost tag. You know, exactly. I'm not saying you can, you can get the people to move in with you, but they, there certainly are a lot of services that are available that can at least help you take the edge off, so to speak. And I know that that is that that is a that is a big deal. I know I had to figure it out. I absolutely it was probably about 18 months into me caring for my mom after my dad died and then my mom had been diagnosed. It might have been about 18 months. And I I had to go into counseling. It was going to either be that or we it was, everything was going to fall <laughs> apart because I was falling apart. I was had my body was hurting. My mind wasn't I wasn't working. My brain wasn't clicking as well. I can remember just being, you know, very anxious and very uh, short tempered. And so it was taking me outside of my normal personality. So counseling was definitely something that helped me. I remember uh, something too, Duane, that was fun that we did, which was uh, when I threw Zeddy's 65th birthday party oh, yeah. and we had the yeah. surprise party uh, and we, uh, Gladys Knight was the entertainment. I don't even yeah. know if you can call her the entertainment. Gladys Knight was the reason there was a party. <laughs> yeah, but Betty enjoyed it. I'm not sure if she knew the whole concept of what of what was going on, but she, I, she enjoyed it. She danced. She looked so pretty that night. She had a good time. And that's an example of how the day before might have been tough, but that day was a good day. We, she enjoyed the music. I remember her getting up and dancing. She knew the words to every song. Now, she might not have known what day it was or year what year it was, but she remembered those Gladys Knight songs. Gladys Knight has been her all-time favorite singer since, I, I think, since the early 70s or something. And so it was, it was very uh, rewarding to see her respond in such, a, um, such an energetic way. And I remember you were there with us and you coming over to her table and then she kind of just stood up and started two-stepping with you. And I was, and it just, it warmed my heart that she had that kind of connection with you, that even in a room filled with um, blood relatives and friends that she had known for decades, uh, your spirit did something for her in that moment and certainly helped her enjoy it even more. She had a very good time and I, you could tell, you could feel it and see it and she danced with you and it was, it was, it was very nice. Yeah. I think when it's your own parents, I think that's the hard, the hardest part. When you have a connection with your mother, like my friend, her mom um, was a principal for years and years and years. So it's very hard to see her uh, being a principal and being very stern 
she now perhaps to be the strong person for her mom and the concept is hard for her to get. That's painful. So, I might need yeah, to give her a call. I remember when I had to cross that threshold. It hurt. It hurt a lot. Okay. I didn't want I did not I did not want to accept that what I'm gonna call my real mama, the mama who the mama who reared me. It was very hard to accept that she wasn't coming back. I, you know, at first I was like, ah, she's just having a bad way. I thought she was depressed and grieving my dad. I was just going to give her a little time to work through it. But when it was confirmed that she had basically two forms of dementia and that her cognitive abilities would just continue to decline, it took a second for me to digest the idea, just even let alone what I have to do to care for her and be around her, but just the concept that my mama's gone. She's still alive, but the way I talk to her, the way I engage her, where we go, what we do, that all died. All of that died. That, that's gone. That's gone. So it's like a new relationship, totally new relationship with a person who physically <laughs> looks exactly like my mama. <laughs> I can see the transition. I can see you go from, oh my God, not being able to accept it. Once it clicks and you realize, okay, yeah, this is it. This is it. We not going. We can't go back. We would love to go back, but we can't. Then you went into mode of okay. What can we do to give the best care? That's right. And that's when the wheels start turning in another direction. In that direction, that's not that's not easy either. Not always easy, and it still hurts. I'm sure it does. Yes, it's never going to not hurt. That's but right. You just keep that the present. You know, the present is the only thing you got now. Like you say, she looks exactly the same. <laughs> she looks exactly, she looks the same. She smiles, she smiles the same. She talks the same. She hugs the same. She smells the same. Like there's, there's yeah. a spot on my mother's, uh, on her temple, on her forehead, kind of right where her hairline meets her temple. On my mother and on her mother and then on her mama's mama. So there's three generations. <laughs> and I knew all of them very well. And they all have the same smell right there on their hairline. And, it, and nowhere else on their body has that same scent. But it's it's kind of sweet and kind of powdery. It doesn't has nothing to do if she just shower. It doesn't matter what she put on her face. But it's that same scent. And that's what <laughs> when sometimes, Luanda, I will admit, sometimes to this day, if she's doing something that's way out in left field and I'm struggling to figure out what to do and how to do it. I give her a hug and cause she's shorter than me. It's very easy for me uh -huh. to just smush my nose <laughs> right in that area of her hairline and take Sometimes a big, take a big whiff because if I get, if it smells, I'm like, okay, this is still my mommy. Like it, it, as crazy as it sounds, it gives me an immediate visceral recall this is my mama. And then I remember all the sweet and loving things of my mama and her mama, Glow, and then Glow's mama, we call her Mama T. And then and then I could calm down. That's the way I take my, and then I hug her. And then, uh -huh, uh -huh, and then I just kind of calm down and figure out, you know, what to do next. But I got to tell you, this has been a fantastic conversation. Thank you so much. I may have to call you back to have you on again. Uh, just to tell tell some more Zeddy stories, because um, goodness knows we have a lot. I remember. Oh yeah. Uh, one. Uh, uh, okay. Okay. Wait. Let's tell this one right now. I remember the Atlanta Hawks, the basketball team. They were playing somebody that LeBron James played for. I don't even know which team he was with at the time. But my mom, Zeddy, pretty much what Zeddy likes is scoring. 
She loves the three-point shot, and she likes slam dunks. So I can remember, like, we would sit where Zed was in the middle. I'm on one side and you on the other side. And, of course, we would always be within two or three rows of the the court because she can't right. see. Yeah. It ain't even that I'm trying to ball and go crazy. I would use all of my connections to try to get me a decent uh, set of seats is because my mom's short. She can't stand up every time everybody in front of her stands up. Then she won't ever see the game. So, yeah. <laughs> so I can remember Zeddy was cheering and cheering and cheering and high-fiving and high-fiving the guys that were in front of us. You know, she's very enthusiastic as a fan. And so they turned around and they're like, Hell yeah, mama. You know, so daddy's there, you know, hair all cute, red <laughs> lip popping, and she's high-fiving. Well, that's because the Hawks had scored a whole bunch in a row. So they started laughing and high-fiving yeah. with mama, and she's high-fiving. And then LeBron James started scoring. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> LeBron James started scoring and dunking the ball, and Zaddy is still cheering. <laughs> And those guys, those guys were so perplexed because in the moment, my, my mama wasn't appearing like she had Alzheimer's, right? She yeah. was clapping and she was saying high five. And she was like, yeah, we did it. So these guys think they have found common ground in another band. I didn't even have the heart to tell them, like, she don't know who scored. <laughs> she don't even know where the hell we are. But that's just to say how how tricky Alzheimer's can look. Those guys didn't turn around no more. I think I wanted to offer them to get them a beer and a hot dog just to calm them down. I'm like, Lord, I remember looking over at you. I was like, DeWanda, we might have to get out of here before the game is over. Daddy's about to create a riot in our section. It was funny. We're going to clap for whoever scores. We're going to clap yeah, whenever she clap. clap. We just don't clap. Because then when I didn't clap, she got mad with me. I'm, I was oh, trying to so not funny. create. I was trying to not create dissension in the people around us. But she would look at me and she was like, JG, JG, clap. And I'm like, and I wanted to look at the people like, shit, I'm sorry. Hey, I'm, I'm with her. You got, like my grandfather used to always say, you got to dance with who brung you. So listen, yeah. <laughs> whenever she cheers, I got to cheer. It doesn't matter. I don't care if the referee dunked the ball. It don't matter. If she cheers, <laughs> I'm going to yeah, cheer. That so. Was pretty fun. <laughs> so man, it, man, we had us uh, some memories and um, I did a whole, a whole lot of stuff, Dewanda. In those first couple of years when I was grappling to figure out my mom's disease, to handle my company in Vegas, to deal with uh, my dad's estate. You were there when I would be up all night preparing documents for the IRS, and oh, um, yeah. and then you and and running my mom's um, firm and close, you know, running my dad's firm and, and um, towards the That's end. A whole yeah, That's it was a whole lot. And but I'm saying you were there, <laughs> and and oh, honey, when I you say a pillar. You were the Zeddy Whisperer and you were the, the main JG supporter because without you, I don't I, I don't want to think about what we would have done. I'm happy I don't have to think about it. I'm happy that we had you. But I'm going to tell you this, Dewanda. You spoiled me like crazy. You were the very first caregiver I got. And so then I'm thinking, this is how they all are. <laughs> yeah, you told me, I, think, man, you said, I didn't know. I don't, I don't know what you do. <laughs> It's like if your very first boyfriend don't cheat on you, buy you gifts, right? Cooks dinner, rubs your feet. He goes to work, bring his whole check home. He's good to your mama. He's good to your friends. 
And then you just think that, well, that's how it always is. That's <laughs> Oh, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> you learned the hard way. Let me tell you, Dewanda, I learned the hard way over probably 30 or 40 caregivers since I since the time I had with you that they are not all Dewanda, honey. And and just I, and, and for a while, I was pissed off. I thought something was wrong with me. I was like, well, wait, you got Dewanda. And I'm trying to remember, well, what were your interview questions? What did you say and what did you ask that ended up giving you Dewanda? And then, like the Holy Spirit said, fool, JG. Jay Smiles, you didn't do nothing. I gave you her. <laughs> you, there was nothing that you could have said or done that would have matched you with DeWanda. I did it. I said, you know what? I'm going to throw my hands up in air, and I'm going to lead us to the Holy Spirit. I'm going to be grateful that DeWanda came into our life. So thank you so much for being on the podcast, my very first interview. Yes, it was, it, was, it brought back some nice memories and some thoughts I just remembered. We'll have to do it next time when um, you were in Vegas and I had to call you because Jim decides to leave the house while I'm on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. That is. <laughs> Look, you can share it now if you want to. We don't have to wait till later. You can go ahead and share it now. Oh, it was, it was just. It was just so funny. You had to go, and I you weren't going to be gone long, but I think Janelle and, and um, maybe Christine might have been my backup, you know, if I need them. But I'm I'm sitting on the toilet downstairs. All of a sudden, that's when everything was, uh, the alarm was on. We kept it on. All of a sudden, I hear front door open. <laughs> oh, Lord. Draws down on my uh, ankles, and I'm sitting, I said, "Oh, I'm trying to pull him up. I'm like, and get out the and get out the toilet at the same time. Calling said his name, she ain't hearing me. Walking faster than I think I ever could walk. <laughs> she was out the house, down the stairs. I looked up. She got to going down the street. I mean, she was half houses. <laughs> she didn't walk over to the neighbor's house. Yes, but she did that on the way back. She's she's walking. I finally catch up with her, put kind of put my arms in in it locked in the hers, and she's still walking fast and just talking. I don't. She was really in one of those sessions. This is I think before Erica. Okay. So, she's walking and talking. The lady next door is pulling her car out. I guess she's gonna go get gas, but she gets out of her car, leaves the keys in, and. Goes back into the garage. Very zoom. Jumps in her car. <laughs> drive the car. Did she get in the driver's seat? She got in the driver's oh. seat. Oh. Oh, she hadn't got in the driver's seat. Then we might, it wouldn't have been okay. She got in the driver's seat. So I'm, I ran over there, talked to the lady. She said, oh, she was so sweet and understanding. And she told me that her, I guess it was her mother-in-law, father-in-law, somebody she had Alzheimer's. So, she yeah, her fa- her father-in-law, her hus- her husband's father also oh, okay. had Alzheimer's. She was trying, so I'm, we talk and we talk and if nothing is doing any good, that is determined that she has to go and do something for somebody for something. She to work, you know, she. I think talk. she was always trying to get to work. Yeah, it was. It, it had something to do about working ten thousand dollars and something else, and she was just on and on and on. I was just worried that <laughs> we were not going to be able to get her and. I was just trying to get her back in the house. That was my main goal. I knew I couldn't leave. So, right. Because <laughs> I wanted to leave her, go get my car, come up, and see if she would get in my car. No, right. That wasn't even happening. She talked to the lady, tried to talk to her. She just, she 
too. She just kept telling her, how do you get this car started? She wanted the keys. I am. I thought she, I forgot. She didn't leave the keys in the car. Thank God. <laughs> That's good. That's good. So what? how did y'all eventually get her out of there or get her we, back to the house? I called, I called you on the phone okay. in Vegas. Wasn't much you could do. You couldn't even get her around that day. You talked to her and talked to her and talked to her and you just, I'm sure you probably threw up your hands because you knew what nothing you could do. You were just too far away right Right, there. right. I remember being sick to my stomach. Like, yeah. I see, I should not be trying to do all of this. My mama needs me, and I'm over here fooling around with a business. But you know what? We kept, it kept going and finally closed the door to where it's ready uh, so she couldn't, you know, she wouldn't get out the car and start walking again. So I ran, got in my car, pulled my car back. Now, we talked to this was probably at least 45 minutes later. Okay. Finally, you had already decided to call Christine. So you got Christine over there. And Christine came up. Somehow by this time, I don't even know what I said and how many times I said it and, and whatever. I had finally got her into my car, if that's what I want to do. I think I just wore her down. I right. By that time, tired. she might have been tired. Like, well, listen, if y'all yeah. not going to let me go do my work, then I just going to go on with you it, and take a nap. <laughs> it was 45 minutes later, and I and she had been walked past four or five times. I mean, I ain't never seen her walk that fast. I barely could keep up with her. She was moving. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing how fast she can walk with those little short legs when she wants to. It's amazing. But she, she was, was so she got in your car. She got Fine. in your car, and then you were able to get her back to the house. I finally, I, yeah, we, we actually, I didn't take her back to the house. I went right on out. I had the keys and we went to Starbucks, met Christine. Christine uh, got her in her car, bought her a cookie, and we hung out a bit, and then uh, she brought her back home. She was fine after that. Yeah, she probably didn't even remember none of it. None of it. <laughs> I remember coming out before when you came back, you, you bust about 100 locks. I don't think we ever I did buy 100 locks. I did. <laughs> I bought the locks, and they had all these fancy codes and used your eyeballs and stuff. And you're right. I don't think I ever put I, – I, you know what? I got to go find them locks. <laughs> I but either you know, need to – That is funny. It's never happened again. Not nowhere near. I that. either need to put them locks up or put them on eBay. I think I paid too much for them to not be used yeah, by you anyone. Because you just couldn't wait. As soon as you got home, you went out. So I'm getting some locks of these. <laughs> I'm going to lock up everything. Lock up everything. Lock up everything. Man, that was <laughs> – <laughs> that is funny. It Thank you so much, fun. Dewanda. This has been so fun catching up with you and reminiscing about um, caregiving with Zeddy. And uh, know that we love you. And if, if look, if Zeddy could be on here right now, she would tell you she loved you too. Oh, yes, yes. It was never a dull moment, that's for sure. Absolutely. Well, thank you, sweetheart. You have a great day. Thank you for oh, you being too. a part of the podcast. Yes. Okay. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. The snuggle up, fellow caregivers. Self-care is how we stay sane. Whether it is giving yourself a timeout or a nap, tea or a tranquilizer, do whatever it takes. Counseling, meditation, figure out what gets you in your groovy space. Another snuggle up, denial. Denial is a serious monster for caregivers. Recognize that your loved one cannot remember. They don't know what you're talking about. Stop 
fussing with them. Stop arguing with them. Stop wondering why they can't remember what they said five minutes ago. You are in denial about their disease. Another snuggle up. Lean into levity, people. There is healing in humor. The funny stuff that you see your loved one doing, laugh at it. Laugh with them if you think they can laugh back. But take these small moments of comedy to help propel you through the tough times of chaos. That's it for now. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe for continuous caregiving tips, tricks, trends, and truth. Pretty, pretty, please, with sugar on top. Share and review it, too. I'm a comedian. Alzheimer's is heavy, but we ain't got to be. 